Hi, this is the Three Sides to Every Story show with Matt. I'm Matt and Todd over here. Hi. We cover the three sides to every story of world news, big events, conspiracy theories, and just general crap that we're all fed by the media all around the globe. Our goal is to be objective and weigh up what the truth is according to who believes what and get you some answers or more reasons to question what you're being told. So hope you like what we're doing. Don't hesitate to send us comments, hateful or nice, as we'll use it all as reasons for new content and comedy on future shows. Thanks, Matt. Uh, today I've picked some topics of absolute dribble that have been published on the ultimate news feed of uh, Hypnotica and uh, Propaganda, news.com.au backslash world. Um, I've also sourced some stories from The Guardian and from varying publishers around the world just so we actually get localized opinion on their controversies but as a top line what we're going to cover is Justin Trudeau and his political crisis um, right down to the fact that his disgrace is like watching a unicorn get run over by a car uh, then we're going to go straight to Pakistan and India's tension uh, and basically first stages of potential war from there, a complete uh, opposite end of the scale to George Pell, even though this uh, is a week old. G George Pell, the Vatican's treasurer, getting found guilty of sex child abuse, or sorry, child sex abuse, pardon me. That juxtaposed with the actress found dead uh, months after hinting of an alleged pedophile ring and telling everyone if she's dead that it wasn't of her own doing. To round it out, we've got the story of the humpback whale that was found dead in the Amazon jungle, ISIS brides wanting to return home to, the, uh, to their home country, or their previous home country, before they departed and turned their back on it, and last of all, how to knit a finger, <clears throat> pardon me, a finger puppet. So why don't we kick off, if you want to lead us in with the Justin Trudeau story, and we'll take it from there, and work out what the three sides of the truth are. Yeah, well, this is a... Uh... This is a big, big uh, story coming out of Canada. Uh, what we got, if uh, you haven't seen the news, uh, I'll just read the headline. The uh, Justin Trudeau faces political crisis, sullied image after former justice minister claims veiled threats. So that would be the former attorney general of Canada. Correct. A female. A female. A uh, with native roots yep uh being uh this is her claims that uh she was actually uh trudeau actually was uh threatening her and and his staff uh his staff trudeau and this is the self-proclaimed feminist trudeau big sjw this this man yep yep he wears a pink beanie um and the company it's about, or it's all centered around, uh, and the controversy started, was already guilty, found guilty of multi-million dollar bribes in Libya to the Libyan government. So found guilty prior to actually being appointed to hundreds of millions of dollars worth of projects, uh, infrastructure, government projects in Canada. That's right. And, and personally appointed and approved by Trudeau himself, who in his um, very sublime and I'd say non-feminist uh, retort last week when he stood and defended himself, looking very cow-tailed instead of his usual drama teacher self where he clasps his hands in front of him 
and leans in like you're a five-year-old he's talking to about how to mime properly, he threw her under the bus. He, he literally threw her under the Mountie's horse and said that uh, as a woman, she was maybe just having one of those women moments, which um, I'm not quite sure how that works in the feminist movement, but um, saying someone is just having a woman's moment and they, should, they think differently, which is another comment he made. Um, but he had nothing to do with it. It was solely her decision and that she was to actually blame. The irony of that is you would not blame someone unless there was a fault. Is that correct? Well, what do you say about uh, when you point, point your yeah, fingers? Yeah, you point one finger, you've got three coming back at you. The, the other thing I find ironic is uh, thieves are never sorry until they're caught. And watching Trudeau's trite uh, rebuttal or trite defense of himself and how he had nothing to do with it and she was to blame. She got demoted. She basically got fired. I think she got put in she charge got, of uh, washing. Re- yeah, no, positioned. she got, yep, she's now in charge of washing up, cleaning, and cooking. Um, barefoot. <laughs> yeah, barefoot. Yeah, barefoot. Um, she came out, she's more than once and itemized, being a lawyer, she minuted everything because it's good billable time. She itemized not just how Trudeau's staff, his chief of staff, uh, and other, other governmental officials directly tied and appointed uh, with and by Trudeau had cajoled, threatened, uh, tried to talk her around into, instead of prosecuting this company, uh, do you want to just read out the name of the company there, Matt? Yeah, it was uh, SNC Lavalin. Lavalin. I think they also make hand wash. Um, So they, they literally did everything they could to change her mind, even though she had it minuted in Parliament, change her mind about prosecuting this company for bribery. And what is it, $42.8 million worth of bribes? Well, the, in Libya, uh, this Lavalin, SNC Lavalin, was uh, found guilty of funneling $160 million to Gaddafi's son, yeah. according to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. That was to pay for the funeral. <laughs> Well, I don't think that uh, turned out to be a very good investment in the end, but no, unfortunately. No, resealed the drain. Um, so that was in Libya, but I think uh, they've ascertained in Canada, I might have yes. this wrong, I might be doing a Trumpian moment and uh, over-embellishing this by a dollar. Um, I do believe they've, they've discovered or ascertained $42.8 million worth of bribes in Canada. Yes, that was related to a bridge. Correct. Uh, Correct. Construction. Yeah, a bridge that was going to cost $2 million and they bribed it by 42.8. So what the now, there's a brilliant, we'll put this in the the show notes. There's an outstanding video um, by a Calvary standing minister, uh, a female minister, who in Canadian Parliament stood up and delivered a nine to 12 minute uh, Michelle Rempel. a, a fantastic and scathing um, outline of the story. She she encapsulated the story to the point where if you didn't know what was going on prior and you thought that Justin Trudeau was sort of like a, a Maltese terrier, something that you had in your lap and you stroked gently and went, 
when you did so, um, you've just seen the other side. And this is what we do, three sides to every story. So side one is um, the accusations. Side one is the, uh, the proof of wrongdoing, of corruption and of major. We're talking multiple um, government contracts. So that would be side one. Side two of the story is Justin Trudeau, the person everyone loves. People sit at home licking a picture of him because he's so yummy. Um, Grandmothers in particular. Exactly. He, identity politics, because he looks good, he wears a nice suit, and he dances like a crazy when he goes to India. Um, he's got to be cool, right? And because he legalized marijuana, everyone's just saying, hey, man, this guy's so on top of it. And um, he's uh, open borders. Uh, uh, the lot. And, and back around to the second side of the story is that he just didn't do it. Because he said he didn't do it, he, he can't have done it. Forget the proof, forget the evidence, forget the fact that a, the highest qualified lawyer in Canada, the Attorney General, came out with evidentiary steps as to how she was pressured and coerced even by Justin Trudeau. His side of the story is that he didn't do it. So the third side is us, a couple of laymen, two dads with kids, um, trying to work out what the future imagine, imagine if we're Canadian Matt if you weren't American we're Canadian we'd be going hey so Justin's really cool he wears a pink beanie he goes to women's marches love it um, everyone else who's legally qualified says he's a corrupt liar and forget how good his suit is he probably stole it or got given it as a gift just so he could promote some brand comes with matching eyebrows as yeah 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 that's it They're plugged on like Mr. Potato Head but better looking so what's the truth? Is the truth something that Canadians and the rest of the world, considering he's the poster boy for democracy and for liberalism, is the truth we're supposed to believe him because everyone likes him? Is that the story? Is that the story? Oh, I'd be interested to know if anyone is actually listening to this um, show or podcast. I'd be interested to know what everyone else's opinion, hateful or not, is because... What is the truth? How do you ascertain the truth no matter what two stories? It's like having two kids. One said, I didn't shave the dog and paint its bum with turpentine. It's yelping because it's sick. The other kid said, I filmed it. I have proof that she did it. And she being Justin. And no matter what, I can show you every step of the way what happened. At what point do you stand back and say, okay, so... Do I believe either side or do I find out for myself? Well, I think you definitely have to read into this. I mean, there are incredible allegations that this, her name's Jody, what was it, Raymond? You have to uh, say it like you're part uh, French, like you're Jody from Quebec. Wilson Raybould. That's it. Uh, she is the former attorney general that uh, Trudeau reassigned. And then he said, oh yeah, she's a lot she's with me you know she agrees with my characterization and shortly thereafter uh miss wilson raybould uh resigned from the cabinet and came forward to their uh, parliament is it not yep correct and, and laid out point by point no that's not what happened this is what happened so there's two parts of the truth both are claiming the telling the truth um, our position is, with everything, is remaining objective um, and literally saying, 
on the face of it, if we were like we are two parents and two of our kids came in and something had gone wrong and we had to work out which one of the two was telling the truth. And I'm sure there's elements of truth from both sides that are provable. Um, Justin is quite honestly saying he did dress himself this morning and the Attorney General is quite truthfully saying I have evidence to say that he didn't, um, just simplifying it. But is the truth that he should testify in front of Parliament, being the Prime Minister, the Head of State for Canada, he should have the guts and the balls to stand up and in front of all evidence and defend that properly and legally? Do you think that's the truth? If you're listening to us and, and you don't know who we are, obviously, uh, would you not say, well, maybe I'll Google it or I'll Bing it or I'll find some search engine that doesn't guide me to news that isn't actually the accurate. I'll find it. I'll dig deep down and make my own mind up. I think that's really where we're heading. And all I can say is there's no clear proof of the truth other than evidence. Evidence can be manufactured um, it's undoubtedly difficult to manufacture 36 different pieces of evidence from different sources that are all either governmental, financial or um, corroborated witnessed statements saying there has been corruption. Well, I think that uh, Miss Wilson-Raybould... That's it. Her testimony was very powerful. Like, this is... a the former attorney general who's essentially saying that the prime minister of Canada is He's a liar. And he's a liar and corrupt. And the thing is, she has nothing to gain. She has already lost everything. She's already lost. She's got, she's, it's, a, it's gone. She has already resigned. She has walked away and she has said, this man, what was the uh, veiled threats? Made veiled threats. He and his staff made made veiled threats against her. So, what does she have to gain from this? Well, I think she's got more chance of being an ongoing feminist than him. <laughs> she's the right gender. Well, she, you know, they think differently according to Justin. So, there's the Justin Trudeau story. As far as uh, it being likened to watching a unicorn being run over by a car. I couldn't agree more if you believe in unicorns. Um, it's, it's shocking. It's back around to people believing someone because they look nice rather than thinking for themselves. Well, so, isn't he sort of, wouldn't he consider him sort of the anti-Trump in this regard as being pro-open borders? You know, he's very big into social justice and these are, that's who he has. He said, Canada is open for all. As I recall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, Except Trump. Well, there you go. Yeah. But, but he's, this is where his disgrace, it's like watching this beautiful justice warrior being flattened for his lying and attempts to appeal to be something that he's not. Which is very similar to a cornered animal. You know, they change from being so nice and furry when they're cornered to attacking you normally. That's how animals work. Um, so that's, that's the Canadian part. Should we move to a different continent quickly? <laughs> anyway, well, please, everyone research that story. There's, there's so much online, um, but we will put the link to uh, the, the video so you can see uh, Michelle Rempel deliver an exquisite encapsulation in Parliament 
as to the facts and then you weigh up how you think it really what the truth is so that's how three sides work so let's bounce over to pakistan and indian tensions whereby um over the skies of a state that i know uh, a lot about i had a business there in the late 80s early 90s until the war broke out uh, the state of kashmir which is the northernmost state of india it's a, it wa- always wanted independence. It has done for most of the 20th century. Uh, Kashmir as a, a state, Srinagar being its um, capital city, famous for Kashmir, the song by Led Zeppelin. It's more famous nowadays for that than its three and a half thousand year old history, which is strange. But um, two fully nuclear armed countries, one being quite heavily Muslim based, the other one being Hindi, Sikh and Buddhist based are fighting and shooting each other out of the sky over an independent state of Kashmir, which is currently um, governed mostly by India, uh, but it does want its own independence. And this isn't front page news. Well, didn't this start because the Indians had information that a was it a 2015 terrorist attack in India? Was the camp was over there in Pakistan where they were the attack was launched? Was that well, the it, story in the news? Th- that's the story in the news. The, the truth, as I said, I know the area quite well. Um, the truth was the camp is in northern Kashmir, and what has happened? To, so again, we'll put this in the um, show notes, the link to give you a visual demonstration. Uh, Pakistan has annexed there's a good old-fashioned word uh when when it used to be germany annexing poland etc that was news for a couple you know for a hundred years but uh, pakistan has taken over ruling the northern half of kashmir with without any sovereignty without any declaration of uh invasion or uh, you know dependent uh, governmental assigning of that land and the actual camp was in northern kashmir and india knew this um, so that was why it, uh, India, as far as the papers are concerned, made the first move. Now, that I liken to, um, is it the wrong thing to do if someone comes in and a, says they now own your backyard or they've broken into your house, they've come into your house and the kitchen's now ruled by them. Even though it's in your house, they've got the kitchen. Um, are you not allowed to go and get them out of your kitchen or take your, your spatula off them? Are you not allowed to go into your backyard, it's your land, it's your property, and say, hey, if you don't take your stuff out of my backyard, I'm going to throw you over the fence. That's really the, the layman's terms. So they did. Um, the irony here, again, I love a bit of irony, is that Srinagar, well, the actual, uh, on the border of the state of Kashmir. So in, it's based in the Himalayas, northern India. Uh, it borders Pakistan. It borders uh, China. And just slightly up the track a bit is Afghanistan, funnily enough. Um, India's secret air force base is 100 miles south of Srinagar, the capital city of Kashmir. And every time I used to, as I said, I had a business in Kashmir and Srinagar. Every time I used to fly up there 
uh, to do business. It's it's the main trading point on the of Persians and Asians, China and Mongolia, is the main trading point on the Silk Road, the five thousand year old Silk Road. Hence, why it exists. So every time uh, I'd take a flight from Delhi, stop in Amritsar. I was just saying to Matt prior to recording the show. I still remember the time I flew up there. I took the only time I ever took a friend with me. Uh, the plane was packed getting on at Delhi. It was a propeller-based 727. We flew up. You stop at Amritsar, which is where the Sikhs, Golden Temple, Sikhs well known as Muslim haters, right? Yes, that's their sacred duty yeah, is to kill Muslims. It is. That's their, their mantra. And Sikhs, if anyone doesn't, doesn't know or isn't aware of how India separates its many, many religions, Sikhs are the people you see with turbans who don't cut their hair or their beards, uh, and that's just the women. Um so sorry about that all my Sikh friends but the Sikh golden temple the head of the Sikh religion is in um, Amritsar you the plane stops there and the plane I flew up on was packed everyone takes they carry on means everything you can't fit in the bottom of the plane so everyone had a tea urn everyone had everything they could buy in Delhi and someone even had a live goat on the plane we stopped uh, Colin Dean his name was a cinematographer we stopped in Amritsar before we hopped over the mountains to Srinagar and everyone including the goat got off the plane other than Colin myself the one flight attendant and the pilot thank god um so when you go from Amritsar to Srinagar the pilot and I've done this flight 20 30 40 times the pilot always says ladies and gentlemen I won't do the accent ladies and gentlemen Whatever you do, please do not look out the right side of the plane or take any photos as we're going over India's secret Air Force base. So and of naturally. Course, yeah. What do you think everyone does? I've, I've got heaps of photos. You go over to the right side of the plane. The plane goes on its right and you take photos. But that's why India is so protective of that area. The reason they have their Air Force base nestled in the Himalayas and where it is in proximity to Kashmir and to the northern states is to protect itself against its landlocked partners there being as far as that northern part of India. Pakistan, nuclear armed. Uh, Pakistan now, as you know, who's the previous uh, general that used to run Pakistan, Matthew? Oh, during uh, the second Iraq uh, war, it was uh, Musharraf. Correct. Was our ally. He was. He, well, he was America's ally. And oh, yes. um, he, he decided rather than have an exploding car or stop breathing on an extended period of time, which I think one of Justin Trudeau's staff might have popped in and made that suggestion to him. Um, he stepped down. He's still breathing. Um, so uh, Pakistan's actually ostensibly, again, please research this, um, is governed by Pakistan, but it is ruled by America. Uh, not Donald Trump America, but old school. No one ever sees you. No one knows your name. Why are you wearing a black suit when it's 45 degrees outside America? Um, so Pakistan have now retaliated to India, and India is coming up for its elections. Modi has done a lot of good, uh, growing capitalism in the largest population, of the largest populated country in the world, 1.8 billion people in India. He's coming up for election, so he's in election mode, and all of a sudden, this staged war of two heavily uh, nuclear-armed nations 
is happening in the roof of the world. And I just repeat what I said at the start of this segment. China is the other border. So again, I've done a fair few crazy truck rides out of Srinagar up to... um, I was only dealing in uh, paper mache, essential oils and Persian rugs. Um, But back in 1987 through to 1991, when I was up there, you would constantly see Russians, Germans, British, Americans in the only restaurant, the only five star, which was not true, but um, no eating utensils. You only ate with your right hand because uh, Muslims wipe their bottom with their left hand. So you never ate with your left hand. I found that out by accidentally eating with my left hand one night. Um, and people can horror, right? Well, my, my food smelled funny. So, um, <laughs> People in this restaurant back in the late 80s were dealing in uh, money, like uh, foreign currency, black market transactions. They were dealing in weapons. They were dealing in people, everything. Me, just rugs, paper mache, ducks and essential oils. But that's the sort of city we're talking about. Always a breeding ground for reactionaries who weren't completely... Persians aren't all Muslims. That's, That's the misnomer. People think... Oh, Persian, you're obviously Arabic, you must be Muslim. They're not, they're Persian. Um, it's a melting pot. It has been for between 3.8 and 5,000 years. And yet this war, this tension is going on, which could be the Third World War, uh, as Nostradamus predicted, the East Asians um, and Middle Easterns starting this, and yet it's not front page news. So, the three sides, Matt. The story is, as you pointed out, and do you want to just do a quick recap of the story? Well, uh, this all erupted uh, just at the end of last week. Uh, oddly enough, at the same time while President Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un were doing their uh, summit in Vietnam, I, you know, the, this war, uh, this act, potential act of war occurred. Now, as I recall, uh, the story was that India attacked Pakistan territory. But what you're saying is this isn't Pakistan territory at all. Uh, no. Well, legally. It, legally, it isn't. And uh, I don't know the exact... I haven't seen the flight plan of the uh, Indian planes. That wouldn't surprise me if, because it's a very small state. If they did enter into Pakistani, potentially, again, the truth here, how would we know... Maybe they flew if they had to do a you know quick left hand turn. Those planes go so fast that oh my god, I quickly just went over the border a little bit. But they were stopping uh, and trying to bomb or shoot uh, what is what amount to terrorist camps. Um, and that's the story that I've yeah. heard. Yeah, and the, the, it's well known fact to any to anyone up there, especially the Pakistanis who. As we know, Osama bin Laden was up on the border of Afghanistan. He was actually... that The border town where he was caught was actually in uh, Pakistan, northern Pakistan. Abbottabad, as yep. I recall. Very good. So that was that is up in that area. It's up in the top corner. And Pakistan has gone past that border, which also is the edge of the back of the mountain region of Afghanistan down into the state of Kashmir and they have assumed, and we'll put the link so you can actually see the map, um, half of the state of Kashmir. So India made the first move to stop the onslaught of this 
territorial grab by Pakistan, and yet I defy anyone to name the leader of Pakistan, unless you're from Pakistan, you probably could, I don't know, but the rest of the world. So it's not front page news, other than the fact that an Indian pilot, his plane got shot down, he was covered in blood, very YouTube friendly sort of viral shot there, not for his family, but for everyone else thinking they know what's going on. So the story is India made the bad move, same, same week as the summit in Vietnam with um, Kim Jong-un and uh, Donald Trump. So uh, what would appear to be one of those great, as they call them, deep state, false flag, sort of, wow, how could that happen incidents? It didn't change the narrative. Everyone was still focused on Vietnam and Trump and Kim Jong-un. And Arif Alvi, that's him. And basically, he's the leader of Pakistan, correct? Well, it says he's the president, or the... I think he's the prime minister, isn't he? Well, let's... Is he... No, um, who's the cricketer? He's <laughs> Imran Khan. Anyway, so basically, it's not front page. It didn't make the world sit up and stop watching Married at First Sight. Um, Priorities, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's Tuesday. So... Um, this is what's going on. They both have stockpiles of nuclear weapons. No one seems concerned. And yet the concern with uh, North Korea bombing Japan and bar- bombing Guam and bar- bombing California with potentially nuclear armed uh, warheads of missiles when North Korea doesn't actually have a, a fully developed nuclear program or any stockpiles. And yet these two countries have stockpiles, Google the top 10 uh, nations with stockpiles, so I mean, ready-made, ready to go. Um, What is the truth? So story number one, that the world is fed. India makes first move against Pakistan. So does that make India baddies? Well, uh, the story is they're um, killing terrorists. So, you know... Which is what everyone said used to say they wanted, right? So the story is led with naughty India. How dare you take back your backyard, right? The, the, the response is Pakistan are just defending themselves. India did something they shouldn't. They, they breached sovereign territory and flew into Pakistan's uh, airspace. Um, and therefore, as, so truth being truth with three sides, India's bad. They went across the border and they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have flown in. Bugger me. Pakistan did the same within two hours with 12 planes, not one. Pakistan flew back into India with 12 planes in retaliation. Okay, so we're using retaliation. What's the truth? Is the truth, if you investigate it, that India are just trying to protect themselves against terrorism, against a country sneakily taking territory away from India without declaring it? Um, from the boiling pot of baddies that seem from all over the world that hide up in those mountains. And I'll tell you, it's beautiful, but it's dangerous up there. I can tell you firsthand, you can go missing faster than being in in a Westfield shopping centre up there. Um, What's the truth? Why hasn't it, if it's that bad, why hasn't it already escalated? Why hasn't it already got to that point where the United Nations has flown all of their envoys Answer me this. Why haven't all the world leaders... You know, this is where Banky Moon was great. He loves an overseas trip, right? The old Banky. He would have been there already going, calm it down, boys. We need to have a chat. Well, yeah. I mean, what what have we... What's come of it? Uh, 
we know that Pakistan, first of all, they closed the airspace, and now... Well, that didn't work. What are they going to close it with, a wall? <laughs> well, I mean, they could... They never work, especially if you fly a plane into one. Well, unless you're uh, Malaysia, right? Uh, yeah, well, or Jordan, or Yemen, oh, yeah. or Iraq, we don't or Israel. Stuff, yeah, then. no, because it might work. Well, uh, we've... Nothing's it's happened. It's just really weird because um, Pakistan's really sort of said, no, we don't want war. Uh, let's let's tone it down a bit. And, yeah. Uh, so is that like saying, okay, I'll get out of your backyard shortly. I've just got something on the barbie. I know it's your backyard, but yeah. I was cooking. So is it okay if I leave in about an hour? Once it's done, I just don't want to rush it. It's, it's, a, it's a, a side of beef. And if you just take it off too early, it's too rare. Is that what they're doing? They're saying, okay, oh, whoa, 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 you caught us. So we'll, we'll, we'll stop it if you stop it. Yeah. And everyone's buying that crap. What's the truth? Why did this happen? Do they not have politicians? Do they not have ambassadors? I know they do. So why did it come to this? And it seems, I don't believe in coincidence. Matt and I have this. We're going to start selling T-shirts with coincidence theory written on the front, which please buy them when we eventually make them. But... Um, there's no such thing as coincidence. This was timed for the world to not look and to not pay any attention to the outstanding efforts by America diplomatically to, to take war off the, the table, to stop war, to stop armed conflict. Uh, and we're not just because Matt's American, we're not just promoting, yay, America. It's like, hey, finally someone, instead of se- sending troops, is sending them home. That's the best bloody trip they could get. Go home to your kids and your wife and your family, your husbands. But all of a sudden, a war flares up. But is it a war, Potentially Matt? the war to end all wars. Okay, but that was last week. What's going on now? How come we haven't heard any more about it? Is it the final episode of Maps of Married at First Sight? It must be because they've stopped this tension... Because everyone wants to hear if that, um, what's her name, Basic chick who sort of shows a midriff all the time, is she going to stay with, you know, Gordo? Oh, yeah. It's it's rubbish. So back around to the three sides. Side one, truth one, India's naughty. They should never have flown into someone else's space. Side two, yeah, okay, well, Pakistan's saying, we'll stop it. You guys stop it first. We'll stop it, but we'll get out of your backyard when we're finished doing what we're doing. So they've admitted they're in the wrong place too. The third side of the story, the, the, the third truth is for everyone else to make up their own mind. Stop listening. Maybe don't stop listening to us. We'd be out of business. But stop listening to what everyone else is saying and actually work it out. And don't go back a week. Don't go back a month. And I don't think the internet goes back 3,500 or 3.8,000 years but this tension has been going on for thousands of years. Um, maybe it would be a good uh, research, a uh, bit of homework for everyone. Work out how old the, the country of Pakistan is compared to how old the country of India is. And then you might see why this is going on. This is people taking liberties. This is people who got caught like a thief. They're never sorry until they get caught. Then they're the most sorry person on the planet. They always blame the police for being rough when they caught them. He handcuffed me really hard. But they never actually admit, yeah, well, I got caught thieving. So the truth, the third side here, I think, is this was... uh, and, And 
it seems governments and whomever else are behind all this shit uh, have no regard for human life, zero regard for human life. We're just we're, we're just pawns. We're literally cattle. Cattle. That's it. We are. Uh, forget we're all humans. So forget skin color. We're all the same. We're all one. But just kill you know kill a whole stack so we get on the news. It's how do we go viral? I've got a great idea. Let's just shoot a plane out of the sky. So everyone should research this because if you can't tell me that this isn't somehow tied to other world news, that it can flare up and be such a nuclear threat one week, the next week, nothing in the news, not one thing. Everybody's nicey-nicey again. Everyone's nicey-nicey, and I think that's a good segue, Matt. Well done. So speaking of nicey-nicey, we're all taught to respect the church, aren't we? Well, not everyone. (laughs) Is that a, that's the worst statement I could have ever made. Are we we asked to respect it. Did you get brought up going to church? Actually, yes. I used to go every Sunday with my grandma. Right. Uh, you know. And, Did you go in? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, up until um, I'd say freshman year of high school, when you know, obviously, more important things—basketball, girls, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. You know, um, not a hell of a lot of uh, that going on inside the church. Well, there's there's women there, but. Um, you know, well, you mean no. women playing basketball? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in meeting in different school. people. Yeah, I get it. So, and me too. I um, not an overly religious family. Um, parents, one side Catholic, the other side Protestant. That was great at Christmas, um, but we're all supposedly, you know, brought up. We were when you and I were younger to respect the church, and especially in the. Well, the sanctity, the sanctity of the church, what well, it stood for. The priests, you know, the nuns, you're, they were worthy of your respect. That's what we were taught. It was the institution that stood for good. There's another T-shirt. They stood for good. <laughs> um, so this is a week old, but we thought we'd cover it because it just makes us vomit. <laughs> um, is that strong enough? Yeah, I think I think that covers it. It's 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 disgusting. just disgusting beyond. We're both parents, right? But this is so George Pell, Australian, and I live in us. We both live in Australia. We're recording this in Australia, but George Pell, who was the the biggest name, um, you know, religious figure uh, in Catholicism in Australia, who who rose to become the Vatican treasurer. So top three, correct? That was at, at his peak. That's, That's at his peak. He, he, you know, when he, we really knew that, you know, he'd sort of out Roger Federer, Federer in, in religious terms. If it was tennis, he'd knocked Roger off number one. He was, like, he was like the Nadal to Roger, the Pope's Roger. You know, George Pell was Nadal, wasn't he? Well, he was, uh, what, he came... Priest in Melbourne, yeah. became the bishop. Yep, yep. He came up to Sydney. He was the Sydney bishop, archbishop, archbishop. There that you means go. He lived under an arch, so yep. he was big. He was huge here, and he became the third most powerful uh, religious figure in the world under the Pope. So he was the treasurer. He controlled all of their money. I know they're <laughs> hard strapped. They're always asking for more money every time you go in there. They got the plate out. No food, just an empty plate. I think uh, some good homework uh, would be to go and watch um, The Godfather 3 because... It's George Pell and The Godfather 3. No, The uh, <laughs> Godfather 3, if anybody has ever seen it, I have. It's about... So the, have I. 
it's uh, maybe less um, re well regarded as the first two, but it's about um, God. Uh, Michael Corleone wants to go straight, wants to go legit, and it's the financing. Uh, he wants to get involved with the financing of the Vatican. The Vatican, because Vatican being its own city, uh, country or state inside Italy, inside Rome. There, um, however, George Pell. As we can see, the Vatican's a whole nother story. You might have to do a sort of a, you know, oh. something as long as Dances with Wolves. What was that? About three and a half hours <laughs> on the uh, Vatican. George, George Pell, um, no matter how indignantly uh, and Trudeau-like he denied any wrongdoing, um, he condemned all of the other priests who were caught um, eventually, who had all denied as well, very Trudeauian. Well, wasn't he the one who actually... He was in charge of the um, priest hunt. Yeah. He the... was he was going to get to the bottom of it. We just didn't realize it, which bottom he meant. <laughs> so he was, he was supposed to be weeding out all of the bad priests who had who had disgracefully gone against everything they teach and everything they stand for and molested and uh well, the royal inquiry sexually abused Children, male and female kids, in their orphanages, in their parishes, in their dioceses. He was the guy, on behalf of the Pope, who was going to fix the image of the church globally. He, he wasn't just controlling and balancing the books. He was balancing his story because he got found guilty. He's in prison now. This is the three I see. This is, this is, and sorry, Rafa, this is the Nadal to the Roger in tennis terms. The guy who really, who's two I see? Right now? Yeah. I have no idea. I'd have to look that up. It'd have to be a lawyer covering this stuff up, wouldn't it, in the Vatican? Do they have a lawyer? They probably need one. I'm sure one. they do. They'd need more they, than one. They've got all sorts of, I mean, it's essentially a mini city. It, it's their own sovereign uh, nation. Well, of course, and they're almost like the Federal Reserve in America. They don't; uh, they've got no rules. No one governs them other than the Pope. They do what they want. I think they get free cable TV. Um, yeah, is that correct? They don't. Sounds it, about right. Yeah, he's convicted and he is jailed. So the the head, the third in charge of the of the Catholic religion um, worldwide in control of. Billions, if not trillions of dollars, lied, outright lied, and got found in a court of law guilty and is now in jail. Now, the reason I bring that up, because it is disgusting, it is abhorrent, it is time, it, it's, it's time this whole thing was investigated, not by just state-based investigations in New South Wales, which is the state Sydney and Australia is in, or... Uh, Victorian and Melbourne, which is a southern state, which is where he first started out in Australia, uh, or the London in England courts that found all the priests there that were guilty, or the courts in Dublin in Ireland that found them all guilty, or the courts in Edinburgh and Glasgow that found them all guilty, or the courts in Naimani City in Italy, or the courts throughout America that found them guilty, or the courts throughout South America that found them guilty. Have I missed anywhere? Well, um... Do we cover or... India? No. They used to love a trip to India. 
Anyway, um, I think it needs to be a little bit bigger. Some, and this is back to where's Banky? He's not in the gig anymore. But, it, you know, a legal inquiry instead of royal independent country royal commissions, this needs to be stepped back on. I know the Pope's saying, hey, okay, you, you got us again. He says, says it with a sort of a South American accent. Bugger, you got us. Whoops, I shouldn't have said bugger. Poor choice of words. But, you know, we've, we've stamped it out now. We've stamped it out. With George gone, we've stamped it out. Well, he said that when he put George in charge of finding out and stamping it out. So I think it needs to be, okay, let's pull the train up here. Everyone off the train. Everyone off the train. And let's start again. Because it's so endemic. It seems organised. So... Step one of the truth, because I'm going to get to our next story is even more disgusting, and it's tied to this story, is the actress. Can you tell us the name of the actress, Matt? You're really uh, good at pronouncing uh, names. Well, it looks, uh, I would say, Natasha Jate. Jate. J-A-I-T. Well, you know, it's South, she's in South America, so I'm not sure. Well, she isn't anymore. Heights. She, In fact, well, she's permanently in South America. Yes. So give us the top line. Before I get back to the, the Pope and the Vatican, give us the top line well, about this actress found dead months after hinting at alleged pedophile ring. Go for it. Well, uh, Natasha Jate, uh, I assume that I got that right, claimed to have proof of a VIP pedophile ring. Months later, she was found dead after warning her life was at risk. So she's a former Big Brother star. Reality TV star down in South America. Yep, yep. And sounds like a heavy-duty investigative journalist there. So she's a normal human being who has some connections. A lovely young girl tried to make a name for herself on TV. She's got nothing to gain by being, you know, out there really right. risking her life by saying someone's a pedophile. It's not as if she was after money. Well, I don't know. Was she? We'll, well soon find out. Anyway, it and- sure seemed like she was. Her whole she found something out and. Yeah, I I have. Wonder if she found it out in the Big Brother house, or subsequently. Yeah, I mean, but definitely, the, you know, there have been allegations in Hollywood for a long time of pedophilia. Yeah. Uh, so this is similar circumstances. We're talking about the entertainment industry, and this is not Hollywood. I, I assume is it Argentina? Yeah. Yeah. Argentinian born. Correct. And it was in Buenos Aires. Yep. So this is a. We're not Hollywood, pedophilia, the church. This is a worldwide issue here that we're we're looking at multiple continents. This issue is occurring. Not only that, if and we're only reading snippets of the the story because we're back to three sides. What is the uh, the story? What is the allegation? Um, what is the other side of the story? What is the rebuttal or what has happened? And then what's the truth? So. The irony, again, that's the third time I'm wearing that out, is that she actually mentioned in her allegations that not only the producers and the people in the entertainment industry were involved in Argentina, they had ties back to the Vatican. Well, our, our current Pope, uh, where is he from? Uh, he's South American. He's, uh, I don't think, he's not Argentinian. I think he's from up north somewhere. Chile, perhaps? Yeah, well, well sure no, we Argentina's, Argentina's very chilly down the bottom. He's from the warmer climate. You mean Chile? Chile, <laughs> yes. How dare I? 
Um, I'd have to I'd have to look it up to be sure, but we definitely know he's from South America. He is, he is. Unless he does a really good South American accent, he is definitely South American. Um, we'll research that. Can you just Google Pope when he's not on tour? Um, so she said, if anyone finds her dead by suicide, it was not by her doing. She said, if anyone finds her shot to death, it's obviously not by her doing. If anyone finds her... Well, what blo- do you know? Buenos Aires. No way. He is from... Bur- uh, yeah. Uh, Pope Francis. That's him, Frank, right? That's him. Big Frank. Um, what, a, what, what a shock. He's actually from the same town that she said everyone was tied to someone very serious like the Pope in the Vatican and child uh, pornography, uh, sex slaves. Uh, It was actually pedophilia and sex trafficking of children out of Argentina. You're going to find this shocking. She was found dead. Yep. Naked body was found dead over, was about two weeks ago now. Yep, yep. And... um, you know, it's it's back around to let's sum this one up. So, because obviously the next story being the humpback whale um, in the Amazon's just too good to miss. But look, the the serious nature of this, similar to the the conflict between India and Pakistan, is we have a world issue. This is something that threatens us all. It threatens our kids. It threatens the fabric of society, of families, of trust, and of belief systems. When whistleblowers or when people with evidence... Now, do we know if her evidence is true or not? Well, we can't ask her anymore. But with evidence, similar to the Trudeau story, come out, the story wasn't first she'd made allegations. That was just some B to C grade story on YouTube or went up for a half an hour and got taken down. Um... And because she was on Big Brother, you know, it was a bit of a splash in Argentina. But as soon as I mentioned the Vatican uh, and some powerful people, in parliamentarians they were, in Argentina, the story got taken down. But luckily, with the internet, nothing ever disappears. And it got circulated a little bit more. But then what she predicted happened. And this happens a lot, as we know, in the American political system, where people suddenly find out something they're not supposed to. And... Um, wake up very dead. This poor young lady, twenty-two year old. Oh no, she was. She's not that young. I think she's forty-one. Really? Oh, yeah. I was halfway there. Oh. So, you know. So, but still, dead. For and and it wasn't of natural causes. I'm sure an autopsy was performed. Well, they're saying in the story that um, local media report there was evidence of drug use found at the scene. Now. I often take my, drugs nude, you know, like that's especially um, out in the middle of nowhere. That's my my bullshit my detector's going off because yeah. that's a very easy way to smear a person. Well, it is, and they could be administered um, post-corpus when, well, basically, whilst your body, even if, depending on if you've been strangled or if you're stro- shot, you still have a circulatory system, so you can have drugs administered in a number of different ways. Uh, that still go through your bloodstream, whether you've actually ingested them there yourself willingly. Not that I'm trying to be a conspiracist. But this poor thing's dead. And it comes back to, as soon as you mention pedophilia, ask, you know, any one of the Corys from uh, Hollywood, um, you either wind up dead, Corey Haim, 
Oh, yes. Well, I think they mentioned that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to no. kill myself. In no, that's the same story, right? End up, end up dead anyway. You end up dead anyway. Or if you escape that fate um, and make such a high profile of yourself, you're, you're basically blacklisted. Um, everyone calls you a kook. Mm. You're a conspiracist. Um, this can't be true. Look at who, it's back to point one finger, the three coming back at you, it's you that's lying. And yet, the story we just covered prior to this poor lady's death is the treasurer of the Vatican, the third most powerful Vati person in the world, who is Australian, was guilty. So, where there's Pope, there's fire. Sorry, smoke, there's fire. (laughs) So I, 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 I ask everyone that the three sides there is the allegation there was pedophilia, the response from the Vatican from all different religions was we will internally, we will look at this ourselves. We will get to the bottom of this. We will root out all evil, all of the euphemisms they should never have used, they used, but they will stamp it out. And nothing's happened. I don't believe we've caught all of them. I think, if anything, they've learnt to cover their tracks better because of um, what's going on. They've certainly learnt to silence people who still like, accuse them. This is only, what, a month ago this girl died? Yeah, it's been, yeah, late to mid-Feb. Okay, a couple of weeks ago. So they haven't stamped anything out, but they silence people. So I'd say the research. Sorry, Matt. Well, um, I want to add a story that's related to this. but uh, Go for it, man. Well, you know, I... Like I mentioned earlier with the previous story, I used to attend, I went to um, church every Sunday with my elderly grandma, you know, she wasn't a a very questioning person. I used to ask her what she thought about Genesis and evolution versus uh, creationism and, you know, she was just... Is this this Genesis before Phil Collins left? Oh yeah, well, yeah, okay. some people like uh, Peter Gabriel, but... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the um, the thing was drop the monkey. <laughs> I uh, when I growing up, that's what we did. My grandma she didn't question much, and I I did, but that wasn't you know for her it worked. It was her routine. That's yeah. what she did. Yeah. I stopped going uh, when I got. Uh, I think I was a sophomore in high school because there were things I wanted to do more. So for sorry. For people who aren't American, a sophomore is someone who's just starting high school. It's the second year. Uh, yeah. So you were young. You, yeah, you, about 14, 15 yeah. years old. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, that's all right. Point of clarification. Um, but my grandma, every she would subscribe to the Sunday LA Times. Yep. And I would read through it, uh, usually at the comics. You know, that was my state of mind. But... I recall one Sunday, I found an article in the LA Times. This would have been, I want to say late 80s, early 90s. The article was talking about more than a millennia of abuse, uh, pedophilia, etc. within the Catholic Church. This was a historically uh, a long-term issue that the Catholic Church had faced. And I read this article thinking, why would I, why would I ever support this institution ever again after reading this? 
they this is not a new phenomenon maybe someday I'll, I'll actually dig through and see if I can find the article but this showed me that these people that we were taught to trust and respect Correct. were actually taking advantage of this trust and they've been doing this for more than let's say 1500 years and that to me was like there's no way I could ever support an institution with this sort of history so the interesting thing you just pointed out is 1500 years and it had just come out okay so obviously the LA Times wasn't around 1500 years prior but that's 30 years ago give or take you saw that story yeah 30 years from your point of reckoning to use their terminology which is you just lost all trust Luckily, you were old enough to not be in the care. Oh, I was an altar boy growing up. Oh, you know, oh, I assume nothing happened. I don't remember uh, but, any but, issues. But, but there you go. Uh, and I was in choirs at school, etc. So, but you were lucky enough to escape or not be touched personally by this horrible uh, act or have it happen to you. But it's taken 30 years from your first exposure to that truth to now for someone serious to get prosecuted. Yes. Now, now I ask you, in all of those 1,530 years, we'll just take that particular time frame, how many popes have there been? A few. Uh, dozens, I'm sure. Okay. Do you reckon over that period of time, anyone would have said, um, you know, Sunday, just having dinner prior to married with first sight was coming on. They're all sitting around the Vatican, got their slippers on, and someone would have said, "Hey, Mister Pope, do you realise this is going on? Do you think the Pope would have known that?" Fifteen hundred. Of course. There's no way. Yeah, you know, I mean, they they is shuffle it, them around, move them to a different parish, which is what they've been doing recently. Yeah, but it's back to three sides. So we know the allegation was there's institutionalized that means the whole structure of everything they do had been managing and supporting well hiding and hiding well aware of child abuse and child sexual abuse not just it's physical and sexual the their response was initially for 1530 years no we're not they did. They said we did. Well, that's not true, didn't they? How dare you? I think they said. Yeah. Well. Three Hail Marys and a novena, right? And I'll see you Tuesday. And let's let's shuffle that priest off to a new uh, Correct. parish. Correct. And by the way, how are your kids? Um, so they denied, 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 denied. Finally, and it's not final at all. It's been proven that they're guilty. Proof. Guilt. Jail. A lot of them have committed suicide. What a shame. A lot of them have died from old age. What a shame. All of this. It's not over. So the third side of the truth, which everyone needs to get their own life, their own beliefs. Probably it's not exactly a subject I like sitting down and looking at. It's just in the news. But to protect your own children, to protect your own family, research it. What the hell? So isn't it, the strangest thing that the people who tell you 
to trust them the most turn out to be the least trustworthy. Wolves in sheep's clothing is uh, that's it. appropriate. So there's that's just a yucky, horrible. We didn't. We both got. We're both parents, right? So Matt's got three beautiful daughters. I've got two boys and a beautiful daughter. They're beautiful boys too, but you don't say that. But you know, like you grow up and, and you want to do the best for your parents, uh, your your children as a parent. But the last thing you'd ever think would happen is the kids get that happening to them through or at church. Matt, no, um, no coincidence. We're now at the humpback whale found dead in the Amazon jungle. Now, we discussed this prior to recording. This is a weird... Can, can you give me the lead in, please? Because the, the image of this is bizarre. So that's a <laughs> humpback whale. Humpback whales are not what you call little, are they? No, no. They're, uh, it's not like a little body washed up i mean this is a humpback whale the amazon jungle just in case anyone's unsure is yes the the real amazon jungle in the amazon which is in well brazil i believe yeah that's the the same one right big jungle and it took the investigators twice to get out there they couldn't reach it the first time because the jungle is so thick and so we got this humpback which there's there's an image in our in our show notes yeah but it's Theorized the animal lost its mother during migration. They think it's roughly a year old. If you look at these pictures, this thing's like a. Uh, it looks pretty like big a, for like a one a year old. Yeah, oh, it's bigger than a truck. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a, big. It's a B double. It's, it's a truck and a and a trailer. It's it's multiple tons. This this yeah. thing is, and the interesting thing when you look at the pictures, the the theory is that maybe it was washed up by a wave or who knows but if you look at the surrounding foliage it looks untouched it's pristine right so to support a let's say let's take a guess a 30 ton whale call it 20 okay small it's yeah. it's the runt a 20 ton whale right to have the volume of water to suspend uh, you know, submerged, but suspend a whale that big because it's not like they rub their bum, their, their guts along the ground. They're not, they're not a you know an eel. Mm. Um, you'd have to have a hot, a lot of water. Yeah, it would take a huge, a very big uh, wave. To well, how many waves? How how often do you see surf movies filmed in the middle of the Amazon? Uh, never. No. Uh, it doesn't um, happen. No. So. The thing we noticed about this isn't Photoshop. We've checked it out, right? Because anyway, you'll see it. It was found 15 meters from the ocean on an island. 15 meters. That's a that's a fair trek. That's a big wave to flick a big whale in, and yet none of the trees are damaged by water. None of them, right? Are they? No. No. It looks like it's almost. I don't know. It looks to me like someone was helicoptering a wave. A whale home. You know how like people have their own pet tigers and lions and stuff. Someone's thinking, "Hey, I'm gonna have a whale. Got a new pool. Wouldn't it be excellent? <laughs> All the guys are gonna find this so amazing. No one else has got one, and it's fallen out of the bottom, like out of the harness, and gone. Because it is a whale in the middle of a jungle. Correct? It's, yeah. It's essentially just sort of appeared. You know, and it's on a the island of Marajo uh, in. In the Amazon, yeah, in a, in a jungle. In a jungle. So have a look. We just thought we'd bring it up just to take a little bit of the yuckiness out of the previous stories. 
But isn't it uh, bizarre where you can find a whale nowadays? <laughs> well, yeah, that's not exactly where you'd go looking for a... No. Where you expect to find one. No, not it's at all. It's very unusual. <laughs> it is. So there we go. Um, back to a little bit more heavy stuff. Um, second to last story for this show. Isis Brides... Isis? I-S-I-S. Isis yeah. Brides wanting to return to their home country. Uh, there's more than one of them. Uh, we know London, they have uh, Shamima Begum. I think that's that's going to be my attempt. Well, she's at begging them right now, right? Mm. She's, she's pleading with them. Begging to come home, yeah. that's for sure. So this is a schoolgirl. I think there was four or five of them. British schoolgirls who all, all at once, and they're on video footage when it first happened, at 15 years old? Yes. At 15, 15 years old. They snuck out of their home country, Great Britain, and flew to Libya. No, Syria. Syria? Libya. How did uh, I say Syria. Syria. Pardon me. It wasn't Libya. Pardon me, Libya. Flew to Syria to become child brides of ISIS terrorist fighters. Yep. She's married to a 26-year-old Dutch jihadi named Yago Redick. Known as Ian to his friends. Hey. Maybe not. So... The, the thing there's a couple of parts to this now now these because ISIS has been defeated apparently no one wants to talk about that one anymore but largely defeated though how would we ever know well the I've heard 99% of territory has been uh, lost or regained by the- regained because it wasn't theirs in the first place right, right? Um, so all of a sudden Things didn't turn out too well. She's been there, what, four years? Yeah. Uh, I, as I recall from the story, uh, two of her children were actually died from malnutrition. Yep. So, which I'm not even going to make light of that because, you know, again... It, it's, you, a sad, it's sad. I mean, it's she's really a teenager, sad. essentially. So, she's a teenager who was radicalized a week prior. This is what the, the, the information we get given, same as you guys. A week prior to departing, she was radicalized. So that's one week she's decided to change her entire life and go and marry someone at 15. Well, as I recall, the uh, ISIS set up a uh, caliphate. Correct. And all Muslims are duty or honor bound to support the caliphate. And is that all Muslims? As far as I know, it is, yeah. Hmm. Every Muslim is apparently, as I recall, uh, duty bound to support the caliphate, return to it. And so I, uh, I believe the last caliphate ended right around World War One in Correct. Turkey. Yep, you know? 100%. So it hasn't been that long that, uh, so that, yeah, about 100 years ago, it hasn't been that long that we've seen a caliphate in the Middle East, let's call it, yeah. for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, we'll do another show, uh, this isn't for now, uh, just on the history of the of the Muslim faith, but uh, so here's these young girls who've uh, flown over um, under the legal age of marriage, but that's not our place to say um, to a foreign country to basically be child brides. Uh, this is in the same country where last week they found a um, open grave, mm-hmm. I think, with two hundred bodies in it, yeah. mostly beheaded of. Female sex slaves in the same area this young lady was in, mm. um, and they were all Muslim women, 
Were they? Yeah. I didn't know Yeah, that. yeah. They must have not got the caliphate memo. Yikes. Um, where ISIS uh, fighters had uh, basically taken over and... Uh, particular areas of Syria, enslaved other Muslim tribal uh, females, used them as sex slaves, and because they were losing their territory, they just decided to behead them all and put them in a mass grave. Were they Muslim, all of them? Yeah, yeah, there they were. Wow. Yeah, just doesn't add up. So anyway, here's this young girl. There's another one in America, but here's this young lady who now, um, even though whilst she was applying to come back to Britain, still said she agrees with everything I did. She agrees with the beheadings because that's what the Quran says and that's what the Muslim faith, Islam, is about. She's, she's openly stated this. Um, she has no remorse. Yes. None. She's desperate to return, but she's unrepentant. And repentant. Repentant. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But, um, so th- that's her, right? Same chick? Yeah. Um, and she's really worried. The reason, her main reason for wanting to come back to Great Britain is she wants her son to grow up in a nice country. Her remaining, her, her only surviving son. Right. Well, the child was born uh, while she was in a uh, refugee camp just recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the debate, this is back around to everyone trying to play nicey, nicey is, oh, she should be able to come back. She was born there. Right. Okay. Well, uh, but then she went and threw it all in everybody's face. And... Well, she turned her back and she, her husband, um, this Dutch chappie, um, has been documented as killing British troops who were in the coalition forces trying to remove ISIS from Syria. Yeah. They would be the people who come from the same country she now wants to come back into, correct? British. Yeah. 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 Um, she also, her family has completely disowned her, her British family. Her dad last week um, came out and said he supports the government. They've, they've cancelled her citizenship, correct? That's correct. So she's now a citizen of what she chose. That's the old, you made your bed, now lie in it trick, that one. Well, they're saying that uh, she's hoping to gain citizenship in Holland with her husband's passport. Yeah, because he now, because basically everything he flew over to do to murder people wholesale, that gig's run out. So he wants Holland to take him back now, correct? That's that's what it's saying here. I'd be... I'd be really surprised if any government would want uh, essentially a traitor back in their midst. <laughs> That's another show. Um, so she's upset and uh, she's now saying that it's unfair um, that Britain hasn't taken her back. I think there's an interesting choice of words. Um, it's Life un- isn't fair, is it? No, no, no. So it's unfair um, that she really doesn't understand why uh, she has every right to return to the UK. Um, they shouldn't legally, and I think she's actually mounting, mounting an appeal. She uh, shouldn't have legally had her citizenship that she turned her back on uh, taken away from her because of the welfare of her uh, young child. 
Um, and she's being wholly supported by a lot, and this I don't want to get into politics necessarily, but she's been supported by a lot of libertarians of, or uh, sorry liberals who believe it is her right as a mother to be able to return to her country uh, and protect her newborn child. A lot of these people worldwide, Matt, and correct me if I'm wrong, are also the same people who voted two weeks ago uh, not to support a baby uh, after an abortion if uh, give it medical assistance if it's still, you know... Uh, if it survived an abortion? Correct. Oh, you mean supporters of the people who voted for that? Is like Correct. So these are the same... America. Yeah, this is specifically America. Um, they're the same people that saying it's unjust that she's not allowed to return to the UK. I read a report about that. Really? Yeah. Why am I not surprised? So, back around to the three sides here. So, the story is, and this is plainly and simply, ISIS bride wanting to return to their home country. So, the story's put out there like, we're all supposed to flip a coin, do we feel sorry for her or not? Well, I mean, uh, in most cases, uh, it, it, it would be the tendency to feel bad for a young person a teenager who's made some bad decisions and you know you have the story of the prodigal son you know yeah but we're it's i find it hard to the the question is can you trust this person ever again what are you going to do with them it's a little bit patty hurst isn't it it's um it's one of those situations where uh, you, it's not Munchausen, uh, Munchausen syndrome. It's, it's literally, are you convinced by your captors? No, you flew there to be a part of it. You, you weren't captive. You chose to go and be a part of their team. And that terrorists. Yes. Right? I, I didn't Actually say that. They murdered your countrymen. 100%. So you chose to join. You weren't uh, a captive that was brainwashed. That's or, right. So... It's Stockholm Syndrome, not Munchausen. Munchausen's, I think, where you wear a funny it's nose. Self-harming or yeah. something like that. So it's Stockholm. So basically, she's chosen to do that. Uh, just to add an edge to this, um, she is the daughter of an ex-ambassador of Bangladesh. Is it correct? I, I think you're right. I, I haven't quite heard that part. But. She, I, 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 please send me hate mail. Um, whereby she was actually had a very privileged upbringing... Um, if you ever are the child of an ambassador or uh, a foreign dignitary, you normally live in the embassy. Um, the embassy is actually uh, determined to be a part of the nation you represent. So if you were uh, an English ambassador living in um, Kenya and you're at the English embassy, if your ch- children are born in and at the embassy, you are still born as an English citizen. Therefore, if she was born in England as part of the Bangladeshi embassy, she's still Bangladeshi, which is another point of contention she's trying to ignore. Um, and by the way, her dad, the ex-ambassador, is the one who said he's disowned her, hmm. just to point out um, rational thinking here. So the three sides. Uh, side one, should she re- be returned? It's a bit open-ended. Should we feel sorry for her? Her response is, yeah, of course she should, you know. Um, She's not saying she made a mistake. She's not saying she disagrees with anything that was done, the murdering, the torturing, the beheading, um, anything to do with it. She still loves her husband who's the murdering, beheading um, terrorist. 
uh, it's weird that he's going to one country and she's going to another, wouldn't you say? Yes. Just as a minor detail, such a tight relationship, that one. That well, actually... She does say she loves him, so what's the, what's the point of going Correct. elsewhere? Why is she going to one country and he's going to another? Is that to set up a new cell? Um, or two. So anyway, there's the two sides. Um, should she come back? That's the real awe. Of course she should, because we're all supposed to just love everyone and let anyone in. Um, the other side is she's not sorry. She shows no remorse and actually still says she agrees with everything's done. So I, I'd like everyone to think out loud. And instead of sitting back and not wanting to be identified as the person who said the wrong thing at your uh, smashed avocado breakfast club, um, what do you think? Why, why, why would you let, if you knew someone had come, what's the best analogy here? I'm trying to, I'm trying to build a little mantle picture. It's a bit like a Trojan horse. In a, in it a is, sense. it is. It's, it's, so if, you, if, okay. So if no matter what, you're on a team, here you go. You're on a team of anything, netball, basketball, cricket. Mm. rugby you're on a team and one of your team members not only purposefully lets the opposition score against you every time they get the ball they give it to the other team on purpose right Right. they they even stand facing you as if they're on the other team They, they even though they're on the field supposedly competing if we do it on a competition basis just as the analogy they'll actually act like they're a member of the other team and when you go what are you doing Mm. They say, oh, I'm just being a part of the other team. Why? And you go, ah. and anyway, the team lose. The other team lose. No matter what they do, they lose. And this person, male or female, says, actually, I'm on your team. You go, do you after, go at the clubhouse at, afterwards. At the clubhouse <laughs> afterwards. They go, ah, yeah, I'm back. I'm just yeah. Ah. Well, I'm, tough loss, yeah? You've got to say that second score, that second goal that the other team got where I gave them the ball, that was a classic, wasn't it? But I'm still on your team, right? I made a mistake. I feel bad. Well, she's not saying she made a mistake. Well, I mean, some the, there is a reporter, a war correspondent, who believes that Britain should let her back in. But that's not her saying it. That was a, someone else's opinion. Yes, it's this uh, Lloyd she, fellow. Yeah. Let's so she's not actually saying she's sorry whatsoever. So back around to the third side. And the thing we want comment on is... Um, what would you do if it was your house instead of being Great Britain if someone had betrayed you and and murdered and you know um, done everything horrible and vile and committed atrocities whether she we don't know what she did whether she was the person holding the knife or she was cutting people's heads off or she was the person feeding the person who cut heads off with a knife and making their dinner in. I think it's more that. I think it's more about providing comfort to the enemy. On purpose. She flew there to be a part of it, to have yeah. his children. To, she was comforting her husband. To breed little new ones for a new right. generation of, let's go back to name a town in England. So that's, we want your, what's the third side to the truth here? What is the research base? What is the heartfelt whether you're a mother with a young newborn, whether you're parents, whether you're relatives of people who have been affected by ISIS, whether you're people in countries where ISIS took over your towns, 
um, dragged your relatives through the streets, towing them behind a ute, and then setting fire to them in a cage? Mm. What do you think? So that's where we're at. Um, this is... Uh, we should have done a show announcement. This is three sides. Now we were—I think we're way over an hour. We were going to get to, and I'm going to save this one because this is this one is going to take me at least another half hour. I was going to get to how to knit a finger puppet, and I think we do this as another show. <laughs> the reason I how to knit a finger puppet, um, we discovered over the weekend that a finger puppet is something you make where kids love it where it's a, like a little knitted sock with a face sewn on it and little false arms and little false legs where you put it on your hand and if depending on whether you're left-handed or right-handed and you put it out away from your body, kids love it. And it's like having a little puppet show where when you talk, even though it's your finger, it makes it sound like the puppet's talking. So it's actually you doing all the talking and the thinking. I know you find that difficult to believe. It's a challenge. But it looks like the puppet's doing it. So it looks like your finger's talking. Like right? a Punch and Judy show. Yeah, me. yeah, very much so. But this is just a little finger one, right? Mm. So people still fall for it. They go, wow, mum, you know, like the finger's talking. Mr. Scary Face. Mm. Or, so we discovered on the weekend that um, a number of new prominent politicians in America, and we purposefully tried to stay away from America in our first show, Matt being American, so we didn't seem like conspiracy theorists. And we didn't seem like um, all of the other people you'll find rampantly being um, subjected to hate mail and written off as crazies and rednecks and everything Meth else. And yeah, ignorant. ignorant online. Uh, we'll get there. We're still working up to being ignorant, which is dumb at the moment. Um, so there's we, still we hope. Yeah, there's uh, there's hope for everyone. We stayed away from American politics, but we discovered on the weekend that um, there was a casting call. There were literally like a... It's like being on The Voice for politicians. It was. Yeah. Right? Where... Um, and we, the, the, the most well-known is Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. The, the most well-known. The, there's, there's three others very well-known. But virtually it was like they were creating the Spice Girls, all we women of the Spice Girls of politics in America. And so I did some digging, just so it doesn't sound like we're just doing an American thing and we're pretending for our first show and we're going to just come hard and fast as Q-following crazies, man. Um, But it's real. How to knit a finger puppet. So they actually created politicians in a casting call in America. I did some digging, just so you realise this isn't just American, about Emmanuel Macron and about a number of other high-profile politicians in very contentious countries as far as their economies crumbling, their mass populace are rising against them, and discovered that this is... It's not been such a short period. Uh, the company, the Justice Democrats in America, that's only been going since January 2017, right? Yes. Um, they formed in January 2017 and they created uh, basically seven politicians who are all elected now, all elected. Into Out of a total of 73, I recall. Correct, 73 all up. 
who all got through their primaries. Right? Um, so we're going to cover this another day so our shows aren't too long. Then this is our first one. We really want the feedback. We really want the third side of the truth. We want your truth, don't we, Matt? Oh, well, that's, uh, everybody has their own... Uh... Opinion, and that's what we stand for. Objectivity. Whether we agree with your opinion, whether you agree with our opinion, or whether you don't, that's what we want. We think freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of uh, disagreement, freedom of objectivity, freedom of hate. Informed. Yeah. Not just um, knee-jerk. Reactionary anger. We want everyone to go... We heard a couple of weird dudes online and they made me think and I went and researched how many hump whales have ever humpback whales, not hump whales, how many humpback whales have ever been found in the Amazon? One. Um, but you research it. Maybe there's more than one. I just don't know. So back around to there will be a special show on how to knit a finger puppet and it will co- cover all of the manufactured politicians that currently and I mean currently, operate in politics around the world, not just in America, and you will be stunned. Stunned as to the, the lack of depth of their political experience, how they were hand-picked from a casting call, a lineup for their race, their gender, their gender fluidity. Um, politics. Politics, their their voice, some, and colour to cause reaction. Mm. And these people, just like the pawns that got burnt and thrown away, the poor kids in the church, just like everyone else, are basically destined to the same fate. They have no future. They're here for the splash, for the ratings. Mm. They have no... Uh, and I know this sounds horrible, but they have no substance. They don't even see it themselves. They're so blinded by the lies they've been and propaganda they've been filled with. These aren't just Democrats. These are Republicans. These are Democrats. These are all different types of political... Labor. Yep, yep, labelled liberally like, across the world. But we'll do a next show just so this isn't too long. So, Matt, if you want to wrap up the show, this is episode one <laughs> of Three Sides. Yes, well... Uh... For me, I, I think what I'd like to, I want everybody to start insourcing your own thinking. You know, think for yourself, research for yourself, formulate an opinion, and be ready to defend it. You know, that's what we're... That's with what facts, we're, with facts. Yeah, with facts thought out and presented in a sensible, something that makes sense, not just... You're mean. You say hurtful words. That you know. That's that's not. That's garbage. You know? Yeah. We need to be. That's what freedom of speech is so powerful because it's not just being able to say whatever you want. It's being able to defend it as well. But being prepared to defend it, and still being friends afterwards. Well, we we're very short of that uh, ability uh, today, and it. I think it's. Um, I think it's a travesty. It's not going to help us in the future. No. Well, it's not helping us now. <laughs> no, it, it, I think what the, the entire goal of silencing people is making people um, more emotional and more gullible and not being able to think for themselves. So we're, 
I think we're trying to help people think for yourself. That's our we, We're like a modern day campfire, aren't we? You used to go out in the wilderness, you'd sit around the campfire and you'd talk. Whether you argued, didn't have, you didn't predetermine you were going to argue, whether you disagreed, whether you agreed, but most importantly, you listened. There you go. So that's it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Todd. Cool. Over and out. See you next time.